Joneses. Welcome to episode 234 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where apparently this week it's show and tell time. Apparently it is. You have brought with you a selection of hats. Yes. Pray tell what's going on. I have a hat issue, I think. Is this for our weekly roundup? Because earlier I was like, <laughs> babe, we've got we've done nothing this week. But I did something. I got my hair did. You did? Yeah. You look beautiful. <laughs> and also, talk to me about the story of these hats, because some of them arrived this week, but they were ordered a long time ago. Well, so the black hat was my first ever hat hat. Wait, I bought you one for Christmas and one for Valentine's Day. Yes, those are there. I'm wanting credit. Like, nobody those cares are, about that. They extol too. my virtues as a husband. You've done so well yeah, so that's all I was in feeding for. my hat fetish. Yeah, okay. Talk about hats. Um, so the black hat's my first hat that I bought for my birthday a year and a half ago. Put it on. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I'm so I, I should put the black hat on last because it's going to wreck my bangs. So that's I'll, a big I'll, deal for a podcast where I'll, nobody can see. You. I know, I know. But those that watch the video oh, cast are actually going to see my bangs. So this yeah. is the newest one that you got me. I think for Valentine's Day. I like it because it reminds me of Australia. What with like the corks hanging down from it to keep the flies out of the way. What? It's a real good look. <laughs> so there's this one. I don't know if it's on right because you know I can't. I can't see myself. But well, it's on your head. Does it go it's... anywhere else? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <laughs> if if you are not watching the video, hats and sarcasm. My folks. wife hats just and gave me the best glare ever. Best glare in the business. That looks really pretty. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And then um, this other hat. Uh, I like to call your farmer Joe hat. No, this is not the. You don't call any of them my farmer Joe hat. This is like. Uh, you it's know, a straw sun hat that a farmer would wear. It is, a Your farmer one would short, not wear a hat this nice. You're one piece of grass short of, of looking like a country. Oh, you're going to get it later. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not in that way. Okay. I apologize. Um, this is just to keep the sun off my face because we live in Tennessee. Yeah, it does a great job. And try and, the black and hat. The black hat, it, you wear it a little differently. So let me give you this one. Okay. Here, you take this. I wear this? Yeah, you can wear it. Yeah. I don't want to wear it. It's not going to fit your head anyway. No, it's not. Here's to a here's to a woman who wears many hats. Yeah. I like that. When you say you wear that differently, as far as I can tell, you're still putting it <laughs> on your head. Well, you just wear it lower, like it you wear it lower on your like on your forehead, where the other ones you wear sort of back further on your head. Guys, so. pray for us that this um pandemic ends so that we can actually go out and talk about restaurants we ate at or movies we've seen. Because <laughs> so and far so I can wear my hat. So far, our weekly recap is <laughs> AJ's wearing her hat. They are really pretty hats. I like them. And I got my hair did. And you got your hair did. <laughs> yeah. But the most important thing is I bought these hats for your Christmas and your Valentine's Day. Yes. And then they were such a back order, they never... I thought we were going to tell a story. Oh, well, so the straw hat... I got... For Christmas, I got two straw. I'm going to take this off and fix my bangs while we're talking, because women can multitask. Are okay, you ready? Yep. Um, so for Christmas, I got two straw hats and a white hat. Stop looking at my bangs. Oh, <laughs> um, Guys, you and... want to become a member just so you can see the video of AJ's bangs. There we go. Shut up. Okay, that um, was amazing. All right. I think we're good. Just okay. hit the mic. Let me help Is it good? Okay. You go. Fluffy. Let's do this good. again. Um, anyway, put that somewhere where it's not going to reflect. So for Christmas, I got the two straw hats mm -hmm. and a white hat. The white hat didn't, it was on back order, back order, back order, and, you know, COVID this, COVID that. And it arrived in February, at which point I put it on and thought, I cannot wear this hat. It looks awful on me. So I sent it back. And that's how I ended up with the other. But I just want to make it clear. I did buy you a Christmas present, even did. though it didn't arrive for months, and then you didn't like it in the first place. Yes. You did well. Okay. Good. Yes. What, why are you looking behind you? I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't know did you, you think like I have some sort of skills? So I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do to me. Use my go-go gadget arms <laughs> and smack you in the back of the head or something? So you got hats okay. that arrived this week. I managed to break uh, our version of the internet. What? Well... Three internet developments. One, if you are a Spotify person, our podcast now available on Spotify. That seemed good. I announced that, and lots of people gave me feedback so on that. If, there's lots of people who listen to Spotify. If you're a person who doesn't know what Spotify is, not that I'm saying there's one sitting next to you. 
Spotify is a what? Spotify, you know how we have Apple Music where you just pay yeah. a membership and you get all the music and you yeah. can stream it whenever you want? Spotify is like that. Okay. So it was one of the big people, the big first companies to kind of move in that direction. Okay. So we don't use Spotify, but apparently a lot of people do. So I've got great feedback from that. So if you're a Spotify user, Keeping Up With The Joneses is now available on Spotify. That was a win. Exciting. We are also adding little snippets to our YouTube channel. So that's a win. YouTube.com slash Alan and AJ. Okay. Where I broke things was um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, if you go to Facebook.com slash Alan and AJ, we used to have a Facebook page with lots of people following us, and then for reasons that are way too tedious to list, I basically had to build a brand new one, and I couldn't transfer any of our users over. So if you happen to be a Facebook user, which I would imagine is a large proportion of people, it would do us a huge favor if you could just go to facebook.com slash Alan and AJ and like and follow us there. Even if you've already done that, we had to create a brand new page and have are about to delete the old page. So if you could do that, it would help. And by we, we mean you. I completely... You both bricked it and had to recreate it. And I... Well, part of it was, I don't really understand how Facebook works. Well, I'll tell you what it was, is I created the page. Yes. Then no longer wanted a Facebook account. Yes. So deleted my Facebook account. And prior to doing that, made you the admin of the page. Right. Which I thought was enough. But no, no, no. I needed to make you an owner of the page, and I didn't find out till too late. And there's no way to contact a human at Facebook. So I Googled, and I went on Reddit, and I tried everything I knew, and it wouldn't work. And so in the end, somebody suggested doing this, so that's what I did. Very exciting stuff right there. You know, it's not, you know, if you're tuned in and you're like, I didn't tune in for hats and your Facebook woes. I tuned in for some crazy Holy Spirit stories. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Before I'm sorry. we go to crazy Holy Spirit stories. Uh-huh. Is, this, is, this, have... is this a non-agenda item? <laughs> yes. Okay. We have an ongoing argument that needs to be solved There's by no argument. our podcast. We have an ongoing problem where you're wrong. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> Tell the people. And odd. Okay. Tell the people. So here's the deal. <laughs> when Alan has a bath... <laughs> This is a weird way of starting the story. He thinks it's totally normal when he's done his bath to take all the water out and still sit in the bath until it all drains out. And then he is dry before he gets out of the bath because he thinks like this is this is what people do. I'm like, I know nobody that does well, that. Well, let's just bring in a couple of, you know, one man's way seems right till another presents <laughs> okay, his case. You go ahead. How many people have you actually surveyed about their bathing habits? <laughs> I, like none. So well, I'm the only person you know who does that. And I'm probably the only person that you know about their bathing habits. Okay. Okay. Point number one. <laughs> point number two is you've never asked me why I do that. You say that it like, I don't know, saves you, saves you time or... Kills two birds with one stone, or it's okay. efficient, or so, some nonsense like that. <laughs> which it isn't. How long does it take your body to dry by itself without a towel in a okay. wet surface? <laughs> you know what this tells me? It's you haven't listened to the reason. Because <laughs> those are none of the reasons I have given. Oh, what is your excellent reason for this very odd behavior? When you get out of a hot bath. I'm going to check with your sisters, by the way, if this is like a family illness or if well, it's just you. I don't know. Yeah. When you get out of a bath, mm-hmm. it's freezing cold because the bath water is like 105 degrees. And even if your room ambient temperature is like 72 degrees, you're cold. Uh-huh. Whereas if you stay in the bath and you let the bath water out, it slowly drains out, <laughs> thus giving time for your body to acclimate. That's and insane. best of all, that is insane. Best of all is. If you lie in a particular way, when the water drains out, you can capture some water in the small part of your back. And when you like push your back back and lift up, you can make farting noises in the bath with the excess water. Oh, so that's the actual reason that you do this bizarre The the actual reason is I'm watching Netflix in the bath and my episode's not done. And that's it. (laughs) And then when the episode's done, I get out of bath and it just so happens to be that you're like, you're a weirdo. No, you are a weirdo. And... (laughs) And I think I'm going to do a poll on Instagram. Uh, oh, sure. About Let's this. take this to Instagram. And do one of those yes, no things. Is this weird behavior or not? Because you said I haven't done a poll. Okay, so do, I've, I've, let's I've, just see how many people sit in the bath 
while it drains and then while they dry. Here's the I'm sure it's completely normal. That's why it's in every movie you've ever seen. <laughs> people other- doing it all the time. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Perhaps people have never stumbled onto this unique life hack. Okay? So you might follow your your you know your survey results, yeah. which I applaud your scientific rigor. <laughs> okay. But what you might find is if you're like, I don't do that, but dang it, I'm going to try it. Uh-huh. I, I challenge you, go out there, A, B the whole thing. Have yeah. a bath, get out of the bath. Ooh, it's cold. Uh-huh. Or stay in the or bath. stay in the bath and be cold until you dry. See, see which one you like. Have you ever tried it? I'm not going to try it. It's dumb. That's the mark of ignorance <laughs> right there. All right, well, this is the podcast gold you signed up for. When when you saw the title of this episode and we're like, you know, Holy Spirit Stories or whatever we're calling it, Crazy Prophetic Encounters. They were actually hoping you, to hear about your bath. Hats and baths. Yeah. That's what they're listening yeah. for. So I thought, again, back to why we're talking about this is I got a prophetic word. You should write a book. I don't know what to write a book about. I survey people on Instagram, which is basically what we do these days. And uh, people gave us a list of things to write books about. And I'm not writing a book right now. I'm doing a podcast. And this was one of the things. Hey, tell us some stories about prophetic encounters or Holy Spirit encounters. And I thought, that's a, that's a great podcast. Story time about times we've encountered the Holy Spirit or the prophetic in amazing ways. Yes. Take us away. You want me to just start with one? Go for it. Okay, so um, those of you that have heard my testimony, they, you know you know I got saved Baptist uh, and then ended up in the church in Toronto a number of years later. Right. And I had had one encounter um, that we've shared about on previous podcasts where uh, Mark DuPont prophesied over me and at the end of the service, I, I ended up on the floor, got slain in the spirit didn't know what was going on because none of this had ever happened to me before and was laughing and whatnot. Um, but then from from that time to the story I'm going to tell you, really nothing like that had happened again. And am I right in thinking that when Mark prophesied over you and you got slain in the spirit, which is you got so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, you fell down? Yes. That was all pre-revival. Pre-revival. Okay. Yeah, pre-revival. and But everybody, like around me seemed like, yay, this is God. And they'd stretch their hands towards me. And I'm like, why aren't you calling an ambulance? I'm, I can't stand up. Like I'm lying on the floor and I just didn't know what was going on. Anyway, uh, now we fast forward about probably two years, Mm -hmm. maybe. And, um, I've, uh, the revival has started in Toronto. Okay. I've shown up with a team from YWAM cause I did YWAM and, and for the last, uh, um, two weeks that I was with YWAM, the revival had just started. So there so was some, overlap. Yeah, there's some overlap. And our team actually was already scheduled to come and do this play called Toymaker and Son. Uh, and so they just had that happen at the revival. Anyway, at the end of all of that, I played Satan in the play. I wasn't typecasting, though, so you should be fine. The youth pastor said, hey, AJ, you know, come on up here. Actually, he said... Uh, the name of the person was the apprentice so he's like why don't we have the apprentice come up and everybody's like yeah and everybody's drunk like you know yay everyone's drunk in the holy spirit drunk in the holy spirit okay just in case you're new to our podcast and quite rowdy and you know and so i was like okay so i like walk up there and and brian's like hey do you mind if we pray for you and i was like uh, you can pray for me, but I'm not falling over. Because at this point, you've seen some of the stuff that's happening in the church, and you don't like it. I'm not happy. Right. I felt like my church got ruined. So I've heard all these stories, but this is my first time sort of Being back. There. And it's it's just like, you know, yes. And it looks like chaos to me, and I don't have a grid for anything I'm seeing. And uh, I feel sad. Uh, I feel scared. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why my church now looks like this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Brian doesn't recognize me. I'm like, Brian, it's AJ. And he's like, oh, great. Can we pray for you? And Because like, you're in makeup. I'm in full makeup, yeah. full okay. black drapey outfit, everything. Nice. And uh, so I said, you can pray for me, but I'm not falling over. And he said, I don't care if you fall over. And I said, sure you don't. So full on I'm, AJ sass to the max. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm literally thinking... I have to leave this church and I love John and Carol and I'm looking at them at the front row, but everything looks crazy. And I can't I'm, believe people are for this. I, yeah. Yeah. And Brian like just reaches out his hand, prays for me. He doesn't touch me and boom, I fall over like so fast. And what, did you feel anything 
happen to you when you fell over? Do you feel like you were pushed or knocked down? Well, I or? thought I was pushed. You thought you were pushed. Uh, so I literally stood right back up and I said, you pushed me. And he goes, I didn't touch you. And so I looked over at John and Carol who are in the front row and they're like, he didn't touch you. And he's like, can I pray for you again? Like he's just being super calm yeah, yeah. and everything. And I was like, sure, but take a step back. So... <laughs> So he, and this is all like on the mic in front of a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. So he took a step back. And so he's probably standing about a meter away and he's just like, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring peace? Boom, I hit the floor again. Well, this time I tried to get back up and the bottom part of my body wouldn't move. So I just sat up and I was like, You pushed me. And he said, I didn't push you. And I was like, Somebody pushed me because I felt like I was pushed over and everybody's looking at me like nobody touched you and he prayed again for peace and I went out again on the floor and at that point I got stuck to the floor almost like somebody had super glued me like the only thing I could move was my eyes I couldn't move my head I couldn't tilt anything I was literally just stuck to the floor wow and I just started crying what were your tears about I because I was so confused I was like I don't I don't understand what's happening to me. I I yeah. I feel scared. I feel out of control, which yeah. turned out to be the actual issue. And I cried for a while. And then I just was like, I remember saying, Lord, I just need to know if this is you. Mm. And just God so sweetly said, well, have you stuck yourself to the floor? And then I just started crying again, like really, I mean, really crying. And Carol came over and Carol at the time was not super confrontational or anything like that, but she just leaned over and she looked at me and she said, you need to choose who's going to be in control of your life, you or God. And then she just smiled at me and she walked away. And I was like, and I ultimately was stuck to the floor for hours. Um, So couldn't get up, couldn't couldn't move. You lost your power of your limbs and your arm. They had to like peel me off the floor to get me into the bus to go back to the base. And what is that? Like now as you tell that story, like what did the event what did that event do for you in the moment? In the moment it shifted everything. I literally was in the bus driving there hearing all these crazy stories about what's going on there thinking dang it my church is ruined I have to leave. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I got there and saw what I thought was craziness I was like I am going to have to leave. I'm so mad. I'm so sad. And are you I'm, thinking, I can't believe these people are so deceived. How could this be God? Like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, I'm thinking, how could it be God? And I don't understand. Like, I love John and Carol. I trust John and Carol. How can they be okay with? There's people randomly laughing. There's people lying on the floor over there. Like, they're not even paying attention. You know, like, to me, it wasn't, you know, church is supposed to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. But after that, like, I remember getting on the bus and just being like, I don't have an explanation for all the things that I saw. And I'm still scared by some of the things that I saw, but I do think that it's God and I'm never running away from God. Wow. So I remember thinking, okay, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay. I'm going to seek to understand or at least seek to trust. And so I stayed, you know, and there were like, I definitely had moments where I'd, you know, stuff would be happening and I'd be like, man. Because you would have seen some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, but also amazing stuff amazing healings amazing miracles you know mm-hmm. and i would have missed it all because i didn't like packaging that's that whole thing god offends the mind to reveal the heart yes you know? i was definitely offended and but revealing your heart like yeah. you were having control issues and how sweet that the holy spirit spoke to you and then carol who knew nothing about your conversation with the lord confirmed it yeah like you need to decide who's going to be in control yeah wow I love that story, babe. Yeah, it's a good story. I love that story. I was thinking about some of the first times I ever encountered the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a church that was not um, pro-Holy... I was going to say not pro-Holy Spirit. Of course they were pro-Holy Spirit theologically, but in terms of practice, in terms of experience, that wasn't something we majored on. And I remember meeting the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. I've told that uh, story before on the podcast. But what that... Yeah, birthed in me was this real hunger and I would buy all the books about what you're talking about like I read John's books before I ever met him uh, I was you know reading Derek Prince's stories all about encounters with God and and it just it birthed the real hunger in me for for God and I can't stress enough that when I tell this story I think the danger is that often when you hear people who are in ministry tell stories you think 
those things happen to you because you're in ministry. And I, the, I was not in ministry at all. I didn't know you. I hadn't met John and Carol. I hadn't even left Scotland yet. I'm a school teacher. I can't describe to you how utterly normal my life is. And yet I went through seasons of my life in Scotland, in Edinburgh, when I lived as a school teacher. All I had, I didn't have any of the knowledge I have now, didn't have any of the experience, didn't have any of the relationships that I had. All I had was a burning hunger to know the Lord more. And I would just start soaking, which we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like just lying down and inv- inviting the Holy Spirit to come. Well, what happened was there was several events in that little apartment on 47 Warrender Park Road in Edinburgh, where the Holy Spirit would come, would show up into my room. Nobody else was there, it was just me, just praying. And the Holy Spirit would show up, and the, my only response would be I'd have to be face down, eyes crunched, eyes closed, face buried in the carpet, because everything would feel so bright that a presence would come in the room, and it was so bright, I'd have to close my eyes, and even closing my eyes did nothing, so I'd bury my face in the carpet. And I would feel a weight, like a, a not not like a weight localized, placed on my back, where I can feel like that's a bag of sugar, you know, right. a weight, a heaviness in the room that would come. I remember several times having a commando crawl under my bed to get away from it. Now you're like, why would you want to get away? Were you scared? No, I wasn't scared. I w- it was so funny because I- I'd spent so much time praying and asking for the Holy Spirit to come that when he did, I would commando crawl away from him. And I remember at times having to pray, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to lift off me as much as it pains me, fills me with chagrin to ask you to just ease off the accelerator. I'm worried that this mortal frame can't withstand the weight of your presence. Wow. And I I love that. I love talking about that. That was in my bedroom at home when I was a school teacher. And we're not telling these stories on the podcast to be like, ha ha, look at our awesome encounters with God. It's to actually whet your appetite for the same encounters that we're having, I believe, are fully available to everyone. You don't have to have been to Toronto. You don't have to have gone to a special place or heard a special teaching. I believe that God honors hunger. And um, yeah, like... Well, the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Absolutely. So it's not about you and it's not about me and it's not about favor. It's just about God actually, he will draw close to us as we draw close to him. Yeah. Yeah. If we choose to... Resist the devil. If we submit to God, if we draw close to him, he will draw close to you. I used to just think that that drawing close to you was he'll just give you like special lenses so you can read the Bible better. No, he will literally show up. He will manifest his presence. And that little apartment in on Warrender Park Road, that saw a lot of Holy Spirit action. I remember one time. Is that the apartment that you lived in with Jamie? No, different apartment. Okay. This is one I lived in with Mel and um, Glenn at some point. Okay, and- okay. Mackie at another time. Uh, I remember one time the Holy Spirit came. I was praying for a friend of mine, and the Holy Spirit came so quickly. He had the same experience as you. I was praying for him. He fell f- flat on his back. I, you know, I didn't even have time to catch him. To be honest, I didn't know that was going to happen. He starts shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit so much that the windows in our house start rattling. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get a knock on the door from neighbors at some point. I don't think we can talk about crazy Holy Spirit incredible encounters without talking about our time in Iceland. But which time? The first time or? Uh, So many times, but I was thinking mainly about the first time that we went to Iceland. And we've talked about this again. I I can't remember the episode, but Chris will do his due diligence, look it up and put it in a little lower third for you. Actually, that won't help the people who are not video podcasters. When you, you tell a story about Iceland and I'll look up Okay, so the, the so the first time that we went to Iceland, we were doing a conference that was sort of out in the middle of nowhere. I remember they put us in a cabin at the base of a glacier oh, and it was all that. It was stunning. Yeah. And it was like and it was this, cold because it was November. It was so cold. We were at this sort of Christian retreat center um, in Iceland. The population of Iceland is not large and there's maybe a total of like at the time, I think they told us like three or 5,000 Christians total in Iceland. But anyway, we went to this retreat center and uh, there was amazing things that happened, wasn't there? I, I remember there was a bunch of deaf people that got healed at a service. Well, some of the most amazing things that happened, we didn't know about until we came back right. a couple of months later. So right. there was certainly a lot of stuff going 
on that we were aware of, but yeah. nowhere near the totality of what was happening. Yeah, or even some wild. of them we'd hear like a day or two later. Like I remember uh, there was three drug dealers that showed up to because somebody owed them money. To collect a debt, yeah, yeah, to break somebody's and, knees. And they, and they showed up high, but they came into the presence of God and were instantly sobered, and they knew that this was something different, and they all gave their lives to the Lord. And then the guy that they'd come to beat up to get their money from, at the end of the night, the four of them were all lying on the floor laughing their heads off as the Holy Spirit was touching them. Yeah. I mean, we there was there were so many crazy stories. There was the first deaf couple that got healed at this one service, and there was a bunch of deaf people that got healed. But it was this older couple who had never heard each other's voices. They'd been married for, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, and this was just like we were emceeing. Nobody was praying for them. We were just saying, Holy Spirit, come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids were talking about the angels they were seeing and how they loved coming to these meetings because it's the only place that they saw the angels. Right. And so we were just like, I mean, literally, I felt like an observer that happened to be standing on the platform, you know, just watching God do for stuff. Sure. But this watching this couple all of a sudden hear each other mm-hmm. for the first time. And then when they shared that testimony, there was other people that got healed uh, and their ears opened. There was a lady with a tumor who got healed. Yeah, well, that was the one we didn't know about till afterwards. Yeah. yeah, there was a guy who our friend Baldur went and rescued him from um, a psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. He was uh, He was somebody that was well known enough in Reykjavik in the capital of Iceland that people would walk across the other side of the road because they didn't want to be near this guy. And he, he got a ra- he got radically touched by the Holy Spirit. I remember when we were in worship, I was sitting down in prayer. I was on my chair, knees, hand, elbows on my knees mm-hmm. praying. And then when I stood up to sing, I could feel my head, like the altitude was different. When I stood up to sing, it was like my head went into a cloud of like, whoa, I was suddenly so woozy. I sat back down again, clear mind, stood up, whoa, same thing. And that got more intense when you'd get up to speak. I remember yeah. one night we couldn't even speak. I no. mean, it was a waste of time trying to speak. Right. Like, you know, what are we going to speak? Right. You know, you, you're go- the only thing we could do was testify about Jesus, but Jesus was already in the room. Right. It's like talking about somebody while they're there, just, you know. Uh, it was remarkable. Do you remember what happened one of the nights that we left and we were driving home? Yes. Tell that story. So um, it's it's myself and you and Johannes. Yep. And we're all driving along. And, and it's what, 11 p.m. at night? Yes. Something like that? And it's, it's dark because Iceland, so dark. out in the country, pitch black, see the skies, gorgeous. Right. And we all look over to the right mm-hmm. and we see what looks like a massive kind of forest fire, but it's like far off. Huge fire. But huge fire. Blazing. You can see the the heat stroke waves. You know when you you look through a fire and it all looks hazy and wavy? So we like look that. over and we're like, look over there. And we're both freaking out. Johannes sees it as well. And he's Pull like, over the car. that is the Westman Isles. And he has an ant or it was an he ant, a relative, sort of relative that, that lives there. on the Isles. And we thought... It's on fire. We thought the whole village, it looked like a village on fire. Yeah. And so he called his relative, woke him up, you know, 11 p.m. at night, like, what is going on? And the person's like, nothing's going on. I was in bed. Look outside. Like, the whole of the village is on fire. But and all, it wasn't on fire. But all three of us saw it. We, Physically saw yeah, the fire. No sense. Like, when I went to Iceland, it was really, really clear that there was a lot of angelic activity going on. Yes. Like in the spirit... So, and what I mean by that is uh, my eyes are open and I can see the natural world, but you could also see things in the heavenly, but not with your natural eyes, with your spiritual eyes. Yes. Not a very helpful description. This was physical, physical. Like, yeah, you, it, like I can see you. Get to look at it. And yeah. it's a nation, it's a, not a nation, sorry, a village on fire. But do you remember we were having visions at night, like oh, I had that yeah. vision of Iceland turned upside down yeah. and, you know, all, I'm just crazy so much crazy stuff heavenly activity yeah so we just always said yes like when they were when they were like do you want to come back we're like yeah always we're always going to come back yeah yeah just that was a time that i would say that is the single most i'm not i when i say the single most anointed time of my life that had nothing to do with me or you absolutely nothing to do with us we just happened to be there yeah and the anointing of the holy spirit was there but that was the time where I've probably firsthand seen the most amazing level of anointing being operated. Yeah. That it just felt like 
you would just call out words of knowledge and people would be healed. I remember, here's a story. This, I found that the more I've walked with the Lord, the more uh, I think I get over offense, and then the Lord finds a new way to offend my mind. And yeah. not that like, the Lord's looking for ways to offend me, but just... I keep putting God in a box and he keeps breaking out of the box and that's what's offensive to me. That's a better way <laughs> yeah, of saying it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, you know, to begin with, the first time I ever went to a charismatic church, I was offended that people were raising their hands. Like, why are you raising your hands in worship? What's wrong with you? Do you have you? a question? Do you all need to go to the bathroom? Do you need a hallway <laughs> pass? Like, what is going on? Yeah. So then once I find out that raising your hands is in the Bible and it's a cultural thing, I'm fine. Then people dancing. What? Excuse me. I was okay with a hand waving, but this thing, you know, then flags, then banners, whatever. Right, right. Then people falling down. That really bothered me. Then people laughing. That really bothered me. And sooner or later, for me, all that stuff, I just don't even notice it anymore. Right. So I think I'm good. Yes. But then one night, the Holy Spirit starts turning teeth into gold. Yes. And I'm offended. I'm like, why would God do that? Yeah. First of all, like, it's a little presumptuous that I'd ever be demanding an explanation that God, like God needs my permission uh, yeah, to do Yeah, explain anything. it to me, God. Why are, Excuse you, me, why God. are you doing yeah. this? Uh, AJ and I were talking. We have a bone to pick with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I saw that in Toronto. I saw yes. like John and Carol praying for dental miracles. And I saw, you know, teeth get filled. Amalgam fillings turn to gold. So we're in Iceland, yeah. and we're thinking, oh, you know what would be a great idea is let's pray for dental miracles. I saw, I'm sure I got a video of this, I need to dig this out. I was looking in the guy's mouth when this happened. His mouth is filled with amalgam fillings. We have a flashlight. Which are black. Black, yeah. gray, you yeah. know, like it, we're looking at a flashlight, and I'm watching them turn from this kind of dull matte brown into shiny gold. And as trivial as that is i don't mean trivial in that it's very very difficult to do i would imagine not being a metallurgist but watching that happen in one sense it's trivial because nothing how has that changed anybody's life right when there's people who are dying or cripples that need to be able to get out of wheelchairs and yet simultaneously the most astonishing thing to see right like, god I, like with my own eyes i'm watching that happen what, yeah. what well, it's, say? it's signs that make you wonder isn't it it I certainly mean, made me wonder it certainly gets your attention well when all that was happening in toronto i got to lead a bunch of people to the lord that worked at national car rental because our buildings were right next door to each other yeah, they really are. and it made it in the papers that there was this church and people's you know, we're getting gold teeth and getting dental miracles. And so there was people that I worked with that were saying, hey, could I come with you to your church? Because I actually have some problems with my teeth. And they got healed and I got to lead them to the Lord. Um, so, and then like one of our VPs, he had sort of walked away from the Lord. He he also came and uh, he didn't need a dental miracle. He just wanted to watch what was happening, but afterwards sure. got to pray with him as well. So, I mean, it's just... Like, to me, I'm like, why did God do it? I don't know, but there was a lot of great fruit, you know, so maybe to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Iceland, if you want to hear some more crazy stories from Iceland, then um, episode 106, we did an interview. We did a podcast from Iceland with our friend Baldur. He's one of the pastors there. And uh, he, I mean, he's got stories to tell. His oh. salvation story alone, his amazing. conversion story is amazing. So, yeah. so many stories in Iceland. Um I think if I'm going to talk about incredible encounters with the Holy Spirit, I have to talk about our friend Gary Morgan. Yes. So you've probably heard us talk about Gary. Gary is from Wales originally. You met him first. You and Gary did a conference together in London. Yes. You came back and told me you've got to meet this guy. Yeah. I was suspicious because yeah. I don't like being told what I'm going to like. Right. And then I meet him and I'm like, oh, you're absolutely right. He's like a brother from another mother. Well, and you guys still talk every week. Oh, and yeah. And it's been One of my best 15 friends. years. Yeah. Yep. But Gary is, is it fair to call him unusual? Uh, he has an unusual gift. He has an unusual gift. If I you call him unusual, it makes him sound like he's odd. He's, he's not, not odd. odd. No, he's like, yeah. he's the most normal. He's one of the most normal prophets I know. He does speak in rhyme a lot. Yeah, but that's yeah. a Welsh thing well, as well. And a, it, yeah. and a prophet thing. But yeah, it's a Welsh thing for sure. So Gary Morgan uh, has one of the most extraordinary prophetic gifts I've ever seen in sure. my life. I yeah. know lots of prophets. I know lots of people with a prophetic gift. I don't really know anybody who operates 
with Gary from the just naturally supernatural. I mean, this is not my main story. We're driving. He was with us a couple of years ago. We're driving up the highway. He's from Australia. His cell phone's not activated. So he asked, can I use your cell phone? I say, sure. I hand him my phone and I'm about to tell him my pin is, and I don't need to because he's already put in my six digit pin, which I've never told him. Right. And I have to say, Gary, and he's, and he's like, yeah. I was like, don't you need my pen? He's like, uh, no, I, I, I got it. Like, well, and we've had several times where we've gone to meet him someplace, like we both flew into the same airport, yeah, and well, he knows exactly where we are in the airport, yeah, and we've he just flown comes in, and walks up to us. We've like, flown in from North America to Sydney International Airport, big airport. Yeah. He's flown into Sydney domestic, yeah. and he's come and found us without knowing what flight we're on or what gate we're on. We, it wasn't even at a gate. He was just waiting at the top of a set of escalators. We've been in hotels that he doesn't know where we are, and he'll just come straight to the door and knock. So I, that's impressive. That's low level. But that's right. just an indication of the level of revelation that he walks in in a normal, everyday life. Like, I remember last time he was here, Gary and I were sitting in the factory, the factory at Franklin. Gary and I are just talking. And as he, as we get up to leave, he turns to me and he says, that man's name is, I forget the guy's name. And I was like, yeah, that is that guy's name. Gary never met him. I'd never introduced him. Gary walks over, tells the guy, hey, I was praying for you. Doesn't tell him, hey, your name is this. And I was like, why are you telling that? He's like, he already knew what his name was. <laughs> and then gives him a well, word. Well, and also Gary's not particularly, he's not trying to impress you with anything. Nope. He's just being obedient with his gift. Totally. But I don't think I've ever talked about this. I've had the privilege of being an eyewitness to some things that have happened behind closed doors. When he would stay with us out of integrity, every morning he would come downstairs and he would show us at the beginning of the day the words that the Holy Spirit gave him for the rest of the day. Because he would get them in the shower. He would get them in the shower. Which seems really unfair to me. I just want to say... Just very unfair. That's actually why I lie in the bath for so long. I let the water out. An angel comes to me and gives me the words for the You're going to have day. to do it in the morning, I okay. think. But yeah, he'd come downstairs and say, this is a list of the words of knowledge I've got for the day. Then we would go out throughout the day. And sure enough, he would meet like the person that he wrote their name down or a phone number or a, just for integrity. He would just say, this is what's going to happen today. And this is who right. we're going to meet. Yep. And so one time I'm... Gary is going to go prophesy over a major um, uh, leader mm-hmm. and his wife. And he said, Al, he'd made an appointment. This person had sought an appointment with Gary, actually, saying, you know, I've heard that you're, you know, you can hear from God. Would you come and meet with me? So he says, yes. And to my shock and delight, he said, Al, would you come with me? I just want you to be a witness. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do I do? He's just like, I just want you here with me. So me and Gary go into this room where we meet with this leader and his wife. And I kid you not, I think maybe this is the only time I've ever seen this. I watched that leader literally, not figuratively, fall to their knees in amazement. Yes. (laughs) Because Gary tells this person the conversation that he and his wife had in the car on the way to their meeting. It was like a 40-minute meeting, and he just lays out... We finished that meeting, we walk out, and, and Gary's just like, blooming heck. I was like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, that, that was crazy. And what I loved was Gary was as in awe of what just happened as yes. I was, as He's, we were. He doesn't play it cool or anything. Nope. He's like, He's aware, that was amazing. He's aware I'm a conduit yeah. from what's yeah. happening in heaven on earth. I mean, that, like, I didn't receive the word, although Gary's given us, you know, amazing words over the years. But just to witness that happen is is astonishing. Yeah, totally. Um. What about the time he came to the school and got one of the students' phone numbers? Well, I think there was a backstory with that, too, because hadn't he had uh, a dream where he w- he got some information for no, this no. person? She had a dream. That's right. It was she one of our dream. students. Yeah. We didn't know this till afterwards. Basically, Gary comes to the school, mm-hmm. walks into my office. He's like, bro, I need a pen and paper. And he writes down a 10-digit number. Yeah. And says, does this m- number mean anything to you? So I recognize it's a phone number. So I plug it into my phone and up comes my you know, address book that it's a number stored in my phone. And so I said, yeah, it does. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go for it. So he, you know, is, you know, doing prophetic ministry. He said, hey, I got this number as soon as I walked in the building. Whose number is this? And it was one of the students who said, mm-hmm. that's my phone number. And of course, that's amazing. But what was crazy, which Gary didn't know and I didn't know. Well, he then gives that person a prophetic word. Yeah. And the student then gets up and says, here's what's crazy. I had a dream. I think it was a week before. I had a dream that I tried to call you 
and leave a message on your cell phone, but I forgot to leave my number to call you back. And in the dream, the Holy Spirit was like, don't worry, Gary has your number. And then you come in today and tell me my phone number and give me this prophetic word. Yeah. I was like, come on, you can't make this stuff yeah. up. Well, that was the weekend with that within just a few days, he called out 50 people by words of knowledge. And all of those words of knowledge were either their names, their addresses, Date their phone numbers, their social security numbers. Mm-hmm. But they were all like super specific things that he would call them out by, but then he, he prophesies over them. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a combination of that word of knowledge and the, and the prophetic flowing together, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So here's one sort of about angelic invitations and third heaven things and whatnot. Let's just not casually throw about those terms. What do you mean? Third <laughs> well, heaven. Seeing, so, well, you'll hear, you'll understand as I tell the story. Okay. okay. Uh, yep. So the backstory is uh, probably two years before the story I'm about to tell. Um, I'm sitting at home, minding my own business, as it were, and somebody from the church calls and says, our speaker for this week has just fallen through. It's a Tuesday. And so at the time, what would happen is one speaker would do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We didn't have services on Monday night. And uh, so they said, and the MC is also sick. So could you come in and both MC and speak for the next five services. And I was like, oh, I mean, I can, I'm home. But, you know, so I said yes. And so I was kind of nervous because I didn't really have a good plan. I would like to have had some time to shape what I was going to do over five services and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then emceeing in addition felt like a, a lot. Um, so I sort of showed up, went to prayer time, still didn't really feel like I knew what I was supposed to do. Uh, but during worship, uh, at one point, I looked over at the screen, and underneath the screen, I saw this massive angel. And it had a shield, and the angel's probably 50 feet tall. I mean, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a shield that was on fire. And I just, I looked at it, and I just, like, kept staring at it. It was still there, it was still there, it was still there. And then I blinked, and I looked back, and it wasn't there anymore. When you say you saw it, do you mean you saw it like the Westman Isles, Isles were on fire? Yes, physically so saw, it real. saw it real. Okay, wow. Um, and so I, and then it was gone. Uh, I'm sure it was still there, but I couldn't see it. Sure. Uh, it went and, to Starbucks. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it needed a latte. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Um, so anyway, I then, something caught my eye, you know, so I sort of looked over further along the, the front row and there was a person that was sort of waving at me and gesturing things. And I thought, uh. so I walked over cause I'm, you know, I'm seeing, so if God's saying something, I should probably know sure. about it. Uh, so I walked over and the person said to me, did you see it? Did you see it? And I thought, this is me, my cynical self. I'm not going to tell you what I saw because then you'll be like, yeah, that's what I saw. You know, so, <laughs> do, do, so we're filled with faith. I know, right. So I was like, what did you see? And and uh, this person said this massive angel with a shield in front of it that was on fire. And I was like, that's what I saw. Anyway, it was really cool. And I remember the service went well. I couldn't tell you what I spoke on. But so that was the one time I ever saw this massive angel. angel. Right. Fast forward to like two years later mm-hmm. and you and I are in the green room during a conference. I'm not even sure why we were in the green room. I know neither of us were actually speaking at that conference. I was probably stealing cookies. Yeah. I mean, cookies, borrowing cookies, borrowing cookies yep. permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, we were in there and uh, for some reason we were sitting at the table with Bob Jones and a couple of other people, his wife, and we were all eating steak. I remember that part. Mm-hmm. And so we're all in the middle of eating, and Bob says, oh, there he is. Do you see him? Now, I don't mean to make him sound like a parrot, but he... But that's literally what happened. Yeah. We're all, you know, polite conversation. You know, well, there's probably, what, 10 people at that table? Yeah. Like, big round table. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, talking to each other. And Bob, who's not talking to anybody, who's no, just eating No, he's just eating a steak. steak. Yeah. Just cuts across the whole conversation. Like, well, yep, there it is. There it is. Do you... Do you see him? Well, somebody said, what, what, what was that, Bob? He's like, there's Ira. There's Ira. And we're like, um, who's, who's Ira? And then you said, well, I don't see him, but I feel him. You, and you said, you know, I kind of feel it Well, what happened is before he said, there's Ira, I felt an angel. And the way I feel angels, the way I tend to discern angels, but before I ever see them is I tend to feel them. And I tend to feel them on my forearms. I, that's how I 
Right. Boom. So while we're having dinner and I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then Bob says that thing. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, did you? And he said, did you see him? And I said, well, I didn't see him, but I felt him. And Bob <laughs> says, boy, you see with all five senses. <laughs> we're all like, and I'm like, pretty sure you geez. don't. Pretty sure you only see with one of them. And so I think I yeah, quipped yeah. that. I was like, pretty sure you only see with one of them. He's like, boy, you see with all five senses. And, and I said, well, no, I felt them. And he said, well, and he said, again, I see with all five senses. I said, so when you said you saw it, did you see it with your eyes or did you feel it in your spirit? And he said, I felt it in my spirit, but you see with all five senses. Yeah. So then he said, he turned to me and the first question he asked me was, do you see angels? And I was like, well, I've seen, I've seen one. And I described the one that I had seen. And he said, that's Ira. And he said, Ira guards the well of revival at this church. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, so what else are you supposed to say? Right. In that? Like, okay. okay. Yeah. So we all go back to eating and then all of a sudden he looks up at me again and he goes, you been to heaven? And I was like, uh, and what he doesn't know is we've, you know, uh, Ivan and Isabel have come and talked to us about third heaven encounters. And so we've all been just sort of open to Lord, if you want to show us what's happening in heaven. And so I'd had a couple of, uh, encounters where I felt like I had gone to heaven, but, uh, I just wasn't sure. I was really kind of insecure about it. Because around this time, all your friends are having these encounters yeah. where they're having visions of being in heaven and they're yeah. coming back and they're saying, this is what it's like, this is what I saw. Yeah. And so you're like, I'd love that, but what you're feeling you're having feels way less substantial than what they're reporting. Right. It's all on the screen in my mind. And because I'd had a, a couple of like open visions, like things that were you know, God showed up and everything else got peeled away. Yep. This felt so much less than that. I'm with you. And so even though I, you know, had felt like, like, okay, I think I'm in the throne room and I've had these couple of experiences, I've kind of convinced myself by this point that I've made it all up in my mind. Right. I and, just want to be like my friends. I'm now making yeah, things up. And, and so now I'm like discounting everything. And so he, you know, says, you've been to heaven. And I was like, well... I don't, I don't really know, you know, and, and he goes, well, come over here. And I'm like, okay, and he's like, come on. And by this time, it's just the three of us. It's just Bob and you and yeah. me. Yeah. Sat at a table. Everybody else has finished their food and gone on. And there's, there are in other p- yeah. people in the room, places in the room. But so I go over and, and, uh, you know, Bob's sort of on that, on that side of you and on your right side. And so I go over and stand next to him and he goes, well, go on, go up. And he's eating like peach cobbler or something. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's he hasn't stopped shoveling food the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, what do you mean? And what? And he goes, go on, go up. And I just thought, oh, okay, I'm just going to. Humor the prophet. You know, so he says, put your hands on your stomach. So I like, you know, stacked my hands one on top of the other yeah. and, and put them on my stomach. And he put his hands on, on top of my hand and just went, go up. Up and, you go. Um. That's probably more accurate, yeah. So I'm standing there, and for probably, I don't don't know how long it was, but it felt like forever, where I'm just seeing black. And in my head, I just say to myself, I just, I don't see anything. It's just black. And he goes, that's the second heaven. Keep going. But what's important, and it's important you know, I'm watching this whole conversation. Everything AJ says and reports that she's saying, she's saying to herself, she's not speaking out loud. So I'm watching Bob have a conversation with my wife. He's answering what I'm thinking. Yes. That I haven't said out loud. Yeah. So, so I'm super confused watching this. Right. So so then I come up in heaven where the same place where I would normally come up in the throne room, it looks all exactly the same, which is part of why I was like, I'm making it up and I can't even make up something new. Right. And so I come up in this spot and I was like, oh, you know, it's exactly the same. And he's like, yep. That's the throne room. Now look around. And I'm like, okay. And again, you're hearing his, but you're not hearing mine. No. And so I start walking and he goes, and and I see the father sitting on the throne. Now I'd never seen the father sitting on the throne before. Um, but I see the father sitting on the throne and I start walking towards him. And he goes, that's right. Walk towards him. And I, so I'm starting to freak out a little bit now because Bob it, is. Bob is seeing he's, your vision. He's, I feel like he's narrating my experience. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. And I keep walking towards him and I walk right up to the father and the father leans over and he puts his hand on my face. And Bob says, that's right. He's got his hand on your face. And I'm like, 
And I, but then I, I just opened my eyes and looked at Bob, like, you know. And he's like, oh, there, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. See, you have been to heaven. And I'm like, oh. I mean, inside I was. And then my left brain kicks in yeah. and I'm like just firing questions left, right and center of Bob yeah. and getting nowhere because Bob's answers aren't helping me. I'm like, Bob, how did you know where she was? He was like, I was there with her. And I was like, pretty sure you were here eating peach cobbler. And that's when he was like, boy, you can be in two places at once. Yeah. And I get, I get, I'm like, <laughs> again, pretty sure you can't though, Bob. <laughs> Poor Bob. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that, that whole evening was quite the. Uh, oh, what an experience. It was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So, I, I mean, we have, t- we have tons so of stories, many. but I think that, you know, we've, we've told a bunch. Here's why we told a bunch is, uh, again, it's not to be like, ah, look at the awesome stories we have. It's to provoke you to hunger for your own stories. Yes. And I, I'm so serious about this. You, you just, you just need to be hungry. You just need to ask. If you will ask the Lord. Here's what I learned from Bob Jones. I remember hearing that Bob would have five dreams a night or five encounters a night. Wow. And I remember saying, Lord, I don't even have one. And the Lord reminded me, you do not have because you do not ask. Right. So I started asking and I started having. And I want to encourage you that if if you will pray, and we're going to pray for you in a second. If you will pray, if you will make time and just say, God, I'm I'm so, not just open. Openness is indifference. Be hungry. Like, Lord, I want yeah. an encounter with you. Would you give me a prophetic encounter? Would you would you bring make heaven a reality to me? Because heaven is real. We yeah. are seated with Christ in heavenly yeah. places. That says where we're seated right now. Heaven is a very real place, and it's going to be your home. If, you're, if you have a, a faith in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, if he's forgiven you your sin— that's where you're going to end up. And the Holy Spirit would love to give you a down payment. He is the down payment, down payment of your salvation. But he would love to give you a down payment of what you're going to. Yeah. And I want to encourage you. Let these stories excite you, put hunger in you, and ask for dreams, visions, and encounters. Because, again, I can't overstate how how foreign everything I've talked about sounded to me, how alien I thought yeah. it was reserved for uber-Christians. And it isn't. It's reserved for the kingdom of yeah. heaven belongs to children such as these. If you will humble yourself, if you'll be like a child, you'll be open to having those experiences. I know he did it for me. He'll do it for you. So I was also thinking like a lot of us have been told at some point or trained at some point that experience is bad. I'd right, be deeply suspicious of it. Deeply suspicious. And I just want to remind us as believers, like the Bible is a book of experiences. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, Again, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He he has designed us for encounter, and he does want to encounter us. Right. If all of this is super new to you, and you are like, uh, I think I want that, but like, I haven't even been slain in the spirit, or I haven't even been fill in the blank. Yep. Um, my encouragement would be to, to the next time that you're just having a time with the Lord, to just. Again, get in that restful position and ask the Lord to come in peace and pay attention to what you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, start paying attention to do you feel any tingling? Do you feel a weight? Do you feel because that's how it starts? Is it's, encounter so starts true. by paying attention to what is happening to your body and around you and then saying yes to it, like yeah. not rejecting it, but going, okay. Oh, you know, and, and also not being like, well, I think I feel a little wind or a little yeah, coolness, but it could will, be the air conditioner. Absolutely. You know, don't, don't, you can do that later. Um, but just engage with what you feel, whatever, because if you're asking the Holy Spirit to show up and bring his presence, he will come. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say you could start there. Yeah. The other thing I want to, the reason I was smirking when you were saying that is like how preposterous everything you're saying sounds. Yes. Like I, I'm going back, you know, 20 years going, oh my gosh, you sound like a nutter. Right. And yet I wish somebody had told me that because that would have helped me so much. Everything you said is absolutely true. And it makes it less scary. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to encourage you from is there's a there's a danger that we're telling stories that make it sound like this happens to us, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, this happens to us all the time. We're talking stories that have happened over 20 years. Like yes. our normal everyday life is exactly the same as your normal everyday life. These stories punctuate that. Yes. And we were just uh, we were just talking with Chris here in the studio. We tend to tell tell stories that we have processed through. Like we were just talking about, there's there's a bunch of stuff 
you know, you were saying I tend to have most of my encounters in dreams. The ma- you yeah, too. the majority. I mean, I've I've had other kinds of encounters. Clearly, we've talked about them. Yeah. But the majority of my encounters with the Lord are are in dreams or during you or know, visitations, or of, visitations the night. of the night. And I've in the last probably couple of weeks been having what I would call wisdom encounters, which is a a whole other thing where where it feels like the spirit of wisdom will will visit me and give me wisdom about a certain situation that I didn't ask for. That I'll sit down with you and share what I have written, what I heard wisdom say. Yeah. And we'll both be like, uh, I'm like, babe, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'm not ready to talk about that. Again, I'm not trying to be mysterious or cryptic. or I'm just saying, you know, we like to, as a general rule of thumb, not tell testimonies. We like to have like a good year two years under our belt or yeah. feel like release or permission to talk about those or even use them as as teachable moments yeah so good can you pray for our listeners oh right i now? prayed the last time okay, so, so now pray. you're praying this time yeah so that's all right how let me pray for everybody <laughs> father i thank you that you are so good and you're so bountiful and you're you are in your very nature revelatory in your very nature you're wise in your very nature you're loving And to encounter any of those things is to encounter you. And so I ask in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that as our listeners are listening, Lord, you would put a deposit into their life of the supernatural, that they would have their own testimonies, their own stories, Lord. I look back in amazement with all of my prejudice, with all my left brain um, structure, with all my unbelief, with all of my doubt, you still broke through and visited me in powerful ways. And I'm asking you to do the same for our listeners, that you would use this for your glory to strengthen their faith, to encourage them and to lead them into great encounters with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have a listener's question. And if you want to submit a listener's question, if you want to ask us a question that we answer on air, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. But do you remember what the question was or do I need to bring up my phone? You're going to have to bring out your phone. Have I seen the question? I talked to you about it last night. It's from a certain pastor's wife who wanted to remain anonymous. About can you have friends with people in the church? Oh, that one. Yeah, ask oh, me yeah. the question, <laughs> AJ Jones. Well, we got a anonymous question Uh asking if it's okay to be friends with people that you pastor. Yeah, this was somebody who is a pastor's wife. Let me read the question. Let me do it properly. If we're yeah, do just, it. just get out that phone. and. Okay, yeah. so they said, I'm a pastor's wife, and some of my pastor wife friends say that you shouldn't be friends with people in your church as a leader. I think they're mostly speaking from hurt, from past experiences, where people have left the church or done worse as they're leaving. What's your opinion? Aja Jones, what's your opinion? <laughs> My opinion is, yes, you can be friends with people that you pastor. In fact, the almost all of my friends are people that, you know, that we pastor or right. are, you know, spiritually responsible yeah. for. They're in our church and they're great friends. So I, you know. Here's my one caveat. I would say, yes, you don't decide whether you're going to be friends with people based on whether they're in your church or not. No. You decide whether you're going to be friends on whether it's a healthy relationship or not. Right. So I'm not saying Grace Center is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we have a fairly robust, healthy culture about interpersonal dynamics, about boundaries, about brave communication, about powerful communication, about inner healing. Yeah. When you are in that pool and you work on your stuff, you become safe, vulnerable people to be friends with. Yes. So I don't think the rubric or the you know deciding factor should be, is, are you in my church or church. are you not? It's like... Yeah. Are you, you know, is this a good match for you guys? Yeah. Are you healthy and spiritual? But yeah. You've got friends who were, you were telling me yesterday, who were in oh, seminary. Yeah. I have friends who in seminary were trained, do not be friends with people in your church. Like it's not safe and don't ever show your weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. And it just makes me sad. I can't imagine doing life like that. We so, wouldn't have a podcast if we couldn't talk about our weaknesses. <laughs> we Well, our whole church wouldn't exist if right. we couldn't talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I have I have great friends that go to our church. I have great friends that don't go to our church. And that's not how I choose uh, friends. Yeah. So. So look for health, follow favor, yeah. build friendships. Yeah. Whether they're in your church or out of the so church. So good. All right. If you want the show notes. Like a professional, you know exactly what we're doing. Thank you for this show. You can go to alanandaj.com slash 234. Absolutely. 
We have a number of products that we've produced. We've got AJ's book, Finding Father. We've got a bunch of video courses that we've produced. If you would like to get a discount on the products that we have produced, you can join our membership program. And in doing so, you'll get discount off every product that we sell. But you'll also get video access to this podcast. You'll get direct access with direct messaging to us. Whole host of other benefits. If you go to alanandaj.com slash membership, you can learn about those discounts and the membership program. And we'd love you to join and be a member. Until then, we'll, we'll see you next see week. See you next week. Yeah. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.